Hi Losties, and welcome to episode 21 of Rethinking Lost. This week we respond to a couple of emails and an audio comment while trying to keep our spirits up until the new season starts. If you've got anything for us at all, then send it to rethinkinglost at gmail.com or visit our homepage at rethinkinglost.podbean.com. Thank you very much and hope you enjoy. Thanks. Bye. Six, five, Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of Rethinking Lost, as uh, I, Scott Copperman, and my co-host, Elton McManus, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, as we bring you yet another season six spoiler-free look to get you through this ever-shortening hiatus. Uh, It's only about a month or so now, by the time you listen to this. Yeah, it starts this year, doesn't it? Yep. How cool is that? So we're going to try to get uh, probably a good three maybe four episodes in before and we'll let you guys know what our plan is and and where you'll be able to find us schedule wise once the show gets going but uh in the meantime i know there's been a lot of stuff going on a lot of holiday specials people are kind of running out of material maybe on some of their other podcasts or or they're starting to go a little more prediction oriented and i i assume if you're listening to our show you'd like to stay away from the spoilers so I wanted to just point out to our listening audience that, as we said, this is episode 21. Um, we've got 20 episodes in the can, and the nice thing about it is they're relatively independent. You can listen to them in any order, and uh, we generally, we're, we're very happy to average close to 2,000 listeners, or 2,000 listens per show. And for whatever reason, and I think it's largely just we didn't have the benefit of uh, Ryan and the Lost Podcast Network behind it. Uh, our first four episodes, episodes one, two, three, and four, and episode fifteen, which didn't get on the Lost Podcasting Network for technical issues, um, have about a quarter of the listens. Mm. And it, it's a show that, again, if you're looking for something to get you through these last stages of the hiatus, definitely go check it out. Uh, episodes one, two, three are a look at the top 50 lost loose ends, according to an article from many years ago. Um, it's our early show, so there's a couple rough spots, but I, I think it's definitely something you guys will enjoy looking at. Episode 4 is our own loose ends that didn't make the list. Yeah. And episode 15 is actually a, a podcast where we had a special guest, uh, Ross from the Creeping with Armstrong podcast. And he brought a theory to the table about um, uh, this character called Zardos. And we took a look back to 2006 and the top 10 theories according to Entertainment Weekly. So uh, it's a good five episodes you can go look at. You can find them at Bombast Pod. No, no, you can't. You can find them at rethinkinglost.podbean.com. And unfortunately, they're not on the Lost Podcasting Network feed. So. Uh, you can either go to iTunes and subscribe direct to Rethinking Lost, and they will be available. All our old episodes are downloadable there. Or go to the main site, and you can check them out there. Um, we spoke. You spoke about uh, Ross and uh, Zardos there very yes. briefly. 
I actually went and bought Zardos on iTunes and gave it a watch. Uh-huh. And um, I can see where he's coming from. All the the gods looking down and using other people as pawns, and it's it's wonderful like that. But uh, when was that film made? Right, early eighties, I think it was. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, it's just a it's just an excuse to get women walking around with no bras on. <laughs> it really is, which is awesome by me. I'm quite happy for that. That's that's one of my my dreams that the world would finally come round to living like that but um it's it's very good it's definitely worth a watch i i watched it maybe six weeks ago now so mm-hmm. i'm i'm terrible with films and books unless i watch them three or four times or read them many times because once i've read that page then that's it it's gone i forget about it <laughs> that's why well we kind of acknowledged at the time that it was even ross said it's kind of 80s cheese and you know the connections are are kind of loose, but it was, it was something that wasn't really out there very much, and and uh, there were some things that I think we said in in the way that any writer kind of borrows from old material. It, we thought possibly that some of the writers were were looking to build on some of the same common themes and yeah, and source material for both shows. I it's it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it, even if it is just. To watch Sean Connery run around in a, a red thingamajiggy. It's like Barbarella, but for Sean Connery instead of Jane Fonda? Yeah, it's Brian Barella, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned iTunes, and I, I don't know why iTunes does this, that you can only see things within your own national store. But uh, I was poking around and, and actually switched to stores of different countries, and I was kind of pleased to see we have a, a good number of reviews and nice comments up there from the listeners uh, I want to thank you guys I know I think the US we have a handful the UK we have a handful there's a couple from yep. other countries as well um, you know all very positive and again we we thank you guys for that uh, you want to write some more that's good just keep them all four and five stars please yeah I'm happy about that yeah um, <laughs> thank you very much guys for doing that you know we don't we sometimes ask you to do it but uh, yeah we don't generally ask you to do it, and you know, you don't have to do it. It's like uh, saying a th- sending a thank you letter to someone, really, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you for producing this podcast, and we appreciate every single thing. We we do read everything, don't we? And yeah, it's just a a matter of time before we actually get around to actually putting it on the air, I suppose. Right. Well, and that's that's actually what we're looking to do today. There's you know two or three uh, emails we got that that we just want to acknowledge and then a couple that actually have some theories so so don't fret this isn't going to just be a uh, viewer mail kind of show we we're actually going to go into some of the things people brought up mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know definitely we, we do appreciate the, the tweets and the the emails and, and the comments left on our main site you know whatever you want to do that works great uh, speaking of that uh, <laughs> Christy in Texas left us a a little comment where she just thought it was cute that that Elton thought Widmore was a guy he just wanted to give a hug to. <laughs> so, yeah, that's comments like that. That's fine. You want to say Elton's cute? That's go right ahead. There, there is another host of the show, but wouldn't you run up to him? It'd be like a slow motion across the beach, wouldn't it? Where you're running slowly towards each other, and your arms slowly stretch out, 
<laughs> See, I picture him though in like one of those big costumes people wear at the amusement parks. Like uh like if someone's dressed at Mickey Mouse at Disney World or like character at a kid's yeah. birthday party, yeah. but like in a big teddy bear outfit with a face cut out and just like a grumpy, sad little face on him, like, I don't want to be here. And you coming up going, come here, witty. <laughs> Giving a big, big hug. Trying to get my photo with him as well. <laughs> <laughs> take my picture, take my picture. Abuse me, put me on a boat, send me away. <laughs> Tell me I'm worthless. <laughs> Tell me I'm worth less than your soda. We also had a nice email from uh, Sven. It's very, very nice to get an email from Sven. I just, uh, I just wanted to say that you know, he liked the show. Again, more love for Elton. You know, nice to hear him. He sounds like a famous wrestler, Nigel McGuinness. So uh, now there was a, a famous wrestler called uh, Mick McManus. So I don't know if if that applies as well or not. I'm not too sure, but. I've never heard of that other wrestler. Are we talking proper wrestling or the the fake dressing up Ultimate Warrior wrestling? He calls him a heel wrestler, H E E L wrestler. So heel wrestler could be, could be a special genre of wrestling. I don't know. Maybe it's like another version of Thumb War. <laughs> Did you ever play Thumb War? That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also uh, were very happy to be able to make some cameo appearances on some other people's podcasts uh, timing wise with us being in different countries and the holidays and stuff we, we tend to miss a lot of the chances to to jump into some of the talk shoe stuff and all but yeah. uh, Donald had his Thanksgiving podcast where what we were thankful for and the keys to lost folks had their musical moments which uh, I was pretty cool to be invited to be included in that mm-hmm. so thanks to you guys if you're listening and I'll just throw it out there on the table. Uh, I know Jane Jack's 24-hour podcast is coming up in March. Uh, there is the Atlantic City Beer Fest, which, you know, it's the same weekend. And I was thinking of maybe getting tickets for that. But I can make myself <laughs> available for the Jane Jack 24-hour podcast if, if necessary. Probably best not to do both, though, huh? No, otherwise you'd <laughs> go to the Beer Fest. Go, Loss sucks. <laughs> so has no ending. I don't know what you're talking about. All your true feelings come out when you're drunk. I love Sawyer. He's the (laughs) bestest. He's the one I'd have the most. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we don't have an agent or anything. Uh, Matt Coulain is kind of our producer for the Apotheosis of a Bombast podcast. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking to book us for uh, the Jay and Jack 24-hour-thon or anything else, we can put you in touch with our, our scheduler. Now, what time would that be? Would, or, well, it's a 24 hours, isn't it? Uh, what time would that be starting then? I believe it's uh, it's the 21st of March, if I remember right. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, the autism, all the proceeds go to Autism Speaks. And I remember Dharma Dummies had like an hour slot. Jay and Jack had like a, a certain in and outness to their thing. They were They were omnipresent. But they the were anchor men. segments. Yeah, they they kind of glued it all together. Cool. Kind of, well, kind of like do you ever have a tel- uh, on public television here? They have telethons. You know, like so you'll see episodes of various shows, but in between, instead of commercials, you get the phones ringing in the background, and you know the host comes out and he goes, "Oh, you know, here's ten reasons why you should support public programming." 
Yeah, great we, shows like this. We have them around about once a year, or once every two years. The real big, big ones, anyway. So, yeah, we don't get flooded with them. So, well, that's the same kind of thing, I guess. Here, although, I mean, there's. I seem to remember last year there was a lot of uh, 24-hour things. Simply Syndicated had one, and yeah. Jane Jack, and a couple Did others. Jane Jack, they have uh, Jorge Garcia on, didn't they? Yes, which was awesome. It's a great thing they do, and you know. I know they've got a flash forward show going on now and uh, a couple other shows that we're doing one for V. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if they can, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy listening to their stuff and I hope they continue to put things together once lost is over. But uh, I wonder if they're going to be able to get that same kind of pull with, with um, not pro- production members, but like actors and stuff like that. Like Jorge Garcia just seems like a special kind of guy. He's a great bloke, isn't he? Yeah. He really is. It, it, I think he's up for anything and small interviews, big interviews. He's just, you always see him with a smile on his face as well, don't you? He's, he's never really cheesed off, never in a bar, punching people in the face, you know, saying, well, I don't want to give you my autograph. He's never doing that at all, is he? Yeah. Yeah, we had mentioned in our uh, other episode about like work that they could do before and after, you know, when Lost is over. And I was thinking about, him on there was a TV show called Becker and I had forgotten that he was on that show but he basically played the same kind of jolly you know smart and savvy but not in your face just you know he kind of makes fun of you with little sarcasm digs but not not Sawyer-y more more like he is in this yeah not not a doofus but just well speaking about that episode I had a little list that I didn't really uh, I wasn't able to segue into the end of the uh the final episode. I tried to get split up unexpectedly. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, do you mind if I just stick it in now? No, go ahead. Just very quick. I'll just run through it really quickly. Obviously, we got Charlie in Flash Forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Michael. He was in Twenty Eight Weeks Later or The Matrix. I'm just going to go on the character names. Yep. yep. Hurley. How about? Do, do you remember um, Long Way Round or Long Way Down with Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman? No. You've never seen that program. That's Brilliant no, it's program. a show or a movie? It's a it's a um it's a documentary of uh, Ewan McGregor jumps on a B, uh, BMW bike with Charlie Borman, and they just travel around the world. Ah, no, I've never seen that. Oh, I'm gonna have to get that to you somehow now. It's brilliant. <laughs> they they go all the way around the world, the long way round, and then they go from I think John O'Groats to Cape Town as well. Long way around being what like north. North south as opposed to No long way around being the in the direction of the world spinning instead of going in the opposite direction. Oh, so that t- time zone wise. Yeah. Th- okay. Oh. Uh well anyway, that sort of thing, but having Hurley going round the world on a scooter, doing very similar sort of things. Town to town, greeting people, just putting smile on people's faces. Yeah. I think that'd be quite a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, have Kate in Desperate Housewives I think she'll slot in there easy uh, Sawyer he could you ever have programs How Clean Is Your House yep. yeah him going around checking uh, people's houses with a white glove on and going around skirting boards and <laughs> clean, so, you know, he, stubborn stains the actor seems much friendlier uh, you know Sawyer's especially early Sawyer was so just kind of nasty and sarcastic and all. Like, 
the actor who plays Sawyer just seems like a much friendlier guy. I think he can probably pull off uh, a less jerky character, mm-hmm. but I don't know if people will accept him at that. I picture him ending up, now that think about it a little bit later, in one of these superhero remakes, not as the superhero main character, but some other significant character in the story. Like, uh, if they're doing, like, Captain America, he's one of the uh, government people who works yeah. with Captain America, but not as Captain America. That'd be cool. Have you ever seen the, um, uh, you know, there's the other English podcast called The Lost, uh, the Lost Initiative with Ian Lee? Yes. Now, have you seen the videos of that from last season where Ian Lee actually went to Hawaii where they were filming? He was able to mingle with the uh, actors as they were filming shots. No, I've only seen a couple of the special ones, but I didn't watch many of the season five ones. Oh, some of them are hilarious. He, Ian's just sitting down there chatting with uh, uh, Josh Holloway, and I think who's oh, I can't, who, what's Juliet's name? Real name? I can't remember. Uh, Elizabeth Juliet. Is yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. sitting down there with him, and they were all in stitches. He was offering him out for a fight and, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I can't just really... He's, Ian Lee's a real lanky guy, you know, a very skinny guy, and he's offering him out for a fight and, you know, saying, you know, if I just punch you really hard, you go down really hard and, you know, all the girls are fancy me and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's just hilarious because he, he goes along with it. He's, yeah. You know, he's quite happy just to go along with it. He's he's not standing there up his own ass going, you know, go away. You know, you're supposed to be interviewing me. Interview me or go away. He's not doing that. He's... He's there just for a giggle, and it's great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. I've seen some of those things on the uh, behind-the-scenes parts of the DVD sets. Mm, yeah. Speaking of which, this is the one of the first times I didn't get the DVD set for Christmas, so I'm going to have to go out and, and get the Season 5 DVDs. I understand there's two different sets. One has a lot more supplemental stuff. So. Yeah, there's a couple of box sets now, aren't there? Yeah. Which I don't really care for that. I think that's a little shady on the part of the, not Damon and Carlton, but the the marketing team. Yeah. I would have rather seen them pick a price in the middle and just offer the bigger set. Mm. Yeah, there's about three or four different sets. There's a Dharma set as well. Yeah. Didn't uh, Donald, he, he got the Dharma set, didn't he? And he opened it on one of his video podcasts. Yeah, a couple of them. A couple of the other podcasts got them. Oh. I've, I've actually watched a lot of the supplemental stuff on YouTube. Right. Yeah, but, you know, deleted scenes, things like that, but I'm sure there's more to it. Yeah. Uh, one of the emails we got is from Michael, who uh, sent us an email, actually, here we go, all the way back to November, about something he saw in the Lost Season 5 DVD. I'll read it to you quickly. He says, Hello, Elton and Scott. I think I know who said the numbers once. An Australian retailer got an extra disc of Lost DVD Season 5 in the episode which follows Danielle's team after they pick up Jin. In the behind-the-scenes featurette, it opens with Hurley clearly speaking the numbers, just like in that very episode with one of the French people listening to it. You couldn't hear it properly in the episode, but you can hear it here. Ah. Michael. So I, I guess he means in the behind-the-scenes featurette, not a, it's that exact same counting, and, and that's supposed to be a clue. Yeah. 
That's cool though, isn't it? If it is Hurley's voice. That means it has to be recorded later on then. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that creates a circle that I think everyone wants. I want that circle to be made. Yeah, I believe he he's the one we hear saying it at that time. Yeah. Although I, I think he, I think his voice is that that's a different voice when Al Algira, uh, sorry, uh, three sixteen crashes on the island. It's a totally different voice. That's not Hurley's voice at all. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think it is a different voice. So we, you, I'm sorry, you think it is him in the Algira three sixteen? No, no, I, I, no, I don't think it's Hurley at all. I think it's someone. Uh, seems more like a, a very computerized voice. I'll have to listen again. I have to get the DVD set now and listen. But I thought... Let me think. So we're basically saying there's three different recordings of the numbers. There's the Ajira 316 as it's crashing. Yeah. There's the French people hearing the voice, I guess, while they're on the boat. Yeah. And then there's the one that the Losties heard before Ajira even... Before they ever went back in time. The only one we ever heard originally. When did the Lost Losties didn't hear it, did they? That was um, uh, Thule and Len that heard that voice, which could have been Hurley's. You know what I'm thinking of is when uh, Saeed and Shannon all are listening to the receiver. They they don't say the numbers; they just say that's Danielle's uh, voice, isn't it? Recording four three two two one seven nine. Yeah, it's Danielle's voice, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but there's a computer voice that says how many loops it's gone through iteration yeah, maybe yeah maybe that's the same voice that we heard on the Algira plane seems nice. very similar yeah I'll have to go back and listen to those all the more reason to go buy the DVDs <laughs> I've got the box set at home now I just haven't cracked it open yet I'm I'm still halfway through season three I can probably you can probably find it on uh, YouTube I'll have to go yeah we'll put that together for a future episode a direct comparison Okay, cool. Uh, other emails we got. Uh, we were talking before about Flash Forward and our friend uh, Ori Studfarm, who's one of the producers of the Red Dwarf podcast, the Scuttercast, it's actually called. He suggested, because he'd heard a lot of things in other podcasts and found a lot of things online, that there might be a real strong connection between the Flash Forward and the Lost Universes. I don't know about you. I just don't agree. I think it's it's no more of a connection than R two D two being you know seen in uh, the background of of a Star Trek movie or some of the other nods that kind of go on in in various movies and TV shows. Mm. Well, before I answer that, I'm going to play another audio clip from uh, Tim from Happy Times. He sent us okay. a, a clip in. Good evening boys, it's Tim here from sunny Shoreham by Sea and I just wanted to send you this audio comment to let you know I'm really enjoying the show. It's um, it's helping me catch up with um, one of my favourite TV shows, Lost, and uh, it explains it so that even a dullard like me can understand it. Um, and I was thinking the other day, uh, I was watching Flash Forward and, and many people have said, did you see the poster for Oceanic on the first episode of Flight Forward? Because you know, I spotted it straight away. And then I thought, could you imagine, right, if somehow they incorporate into the final season of Lost that at exactly the same time that everybody in the world blacked out 
was when the pilots blacked out on last, and that's when the plane crashed. Eh? Thoughts, please. Discussions. What do you think? Uh, loving the show, chaps. Keep it up. I've got to listen to an apotheosis of a bombast next. Um, God, I've got so many podcasts to listen to. Have a good one, boys, and uh, keep up the good work. This is Timmy from Shoreham signing off. Right, so what do you think of that, then? <laughs> I think it would be neat to do, but I just think that's that's not what's happening. I mean, it would be neat to tie things together, and it's it's the kind of thing that, like in the comic book, sometimes they have, you know, uh, Marvel and DC will get together for a special edition and all, but it's it's a special thing. It's not... That's not the real storyline of Superman and Captain America. No. You know, I they, think... they don't even remember that they met. <laughs> it's Yeah. I think if that was to happen, I think it would have been done in a more seamless way. Instead of throwing a poster of Oceanic uh, Airways in, into Flash Forward, which I didn't see. I wa- I've watched all of the, the Flash Forward episodes, but I haven't seen that poster at all. I saw um, it. It's, well, it's like a billboard, yeah. It's... Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't think they would have thrown that in. I think it would have been that would have been the major twist at the end of the season. Oh bloody hell! It's part of Lost, and yeah. that would have been huge. But they haven't done that. They've thrown little titillations out there that oh oh look we like Lost as well. Oh look at this, look at that, and which is fine because they're yeah. trying to get out uh, the audience of Lost. But I don't think it's got anything to do with it. One reason: how can you have Penny, and then well, I can't remember a, a, a character's name now in Flash Forward, but <laughs> you know the chick who I'm on about. Anyway, yeah, the how, doctor. How can she be in two places at the same time? How can uh, Charlie and Simon be in two places at the same time? It's not yeah. going to happen unless they touch and implode. Yeah, and and I I know people can do like the whole fan fiction rune and and say well it's. It's this and that, and they come up with all convoluted explanations for it. But it's the implication then is that Flash Forward is a spin-off of Lost, and and it simply isn't. I mean, it, it if you had taken the Flash Forward novel and you thought it was too weak to stand up on its own, and you thought, well, you know, we can kind of use this as a premise for a spin-off. Uh, okay, I could kind of see that kind of thing, but mm. it simply isn't what it is any more than. I think it was Dexter, not Dexter, uh, I think it was Chuck is a TV show here about like a an unintentional super spy and, and occasionally he gets knowledge about things that, that no one else knows and he made a reference to Lost once. Oh, all right, okay. But that's not, <laughs> like that he knew the answer to Lost. But that's... <laughs> There's a website we talked about in Apotheosis of a Bombast and I can't remember what it is exactly. Oh, I wish That's I not very efficient of you. Sorry. No. <laughs> well, I will. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. But what it is is, it's in the old TV show Saint Elsewhere. They had a special guest appearance of characters from another show, uh, like a detective show, mm-hmm. and and it was a merging of their two universes for this one episode. And what someone has done is they've gone through that and taken where those characters, not the actors, but the characters have made cameo appearances on other shows and how it creates just this whole web of this connected universe. Yeah. Um, I like stuff then, like that, though. 
Yeah, and it's a neat thing. But what ended up happening with Staying Elsewhere was that, uh, and it's a spoiler, but the show's been off the air for like 20 years. The whole thing was a dream, or like it was in the head of a of a, a mentally ill or comatose patient, catatonic patient. I don't remember what it was, but it, it wasn't real. So then the implication then was all these connected shows were not real either. Right, okay. Wait, give me one second. I'll find that link so we don't sound stupid uh, referencing this here. Right. There was actually something like this we had talked about in an episode of an apotheosis of a bombast. There's, um, uh, there's a TV show called St. Elsewhere where um, it was on in like the 80s and all. And there was a character from another TV show called Homicide that came over and um, had a cameo appearance in St. Elsewhere. That character went on to become a part of the Law and Order TV shows, which, you know, cameo, 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 not of the actors, but of the characters. Mm-hmm. So it's created this giant network of potentially cre- connected TV oh, universes. Yeah. Um, and so this guy has done a, a whole website about it. I'll, I'll put in the show links. The easiest way to find it, though, if you don't feel like going to show notes, would be search for Tommy Westfall, a multiverse explored. And Westfall is W-E-S-T-P-H-A-L-L. And so Tommy Westfall is, is, and I know it's kind of a spoiler, but the show's been off the air for 20 years. Uh, Tommy Westfall is an autistic kid who, it turned out at the end of the show that he had dreamt the show. It was all in his head. And the implication is that this character who made a cameo appearance must be fictional too, and and I don't mean fictional like they're all fictional, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it's imagined, and therefore all these connected things are imagined and all that stuff. So Yeah, so you can't have an imaginary person turn up in a, a, a supposedly real state uh, program, can you? Right. So, I mean, what they say here, and there's this giant flowchart on this webpage and all this stuff. It, it's really pretty cool. Uh, they say there's 280 shows that are connected in some way to Homicide, Life on the Street, and St. Elsewhere, making a total of 282 shows connected in this way that there's a suggestion that, you know, Lost and Flash Forward might be connected. And and my point is just that it's that doesn't have to be the meaning of a cameo appearance of a character. Or, or a poster or something. It, it can just be a nod. It mm-hmm. can just be a special addition or just a little throwaway thing, kind of like when uh, Spider-Man meets President Obama, you know, or right. Spider-Man and Twinkie the Kid go on and, <laughs> and take on uh, the cavity creeps and a special thing you get in fifth grade. Yeah, it's like you, know. um, you said uh, R2-D2 turns up in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen Star Trek, so... When I do get around to seeing it, I'll be looking out for that. But um, E.T. turns up in Star Wars as well, doesn't he? Exactly. It's you know, just a little nod, but I think that was more Spielberg and Lucas cuddling each other, going, oh, do you know what look nice in your movie? Round everything out a little bit. You know, lots of little E.T.'s in there. Exactly. And, and just in that same way that it doesn't imply that, oh, you know, maybe E.T. was... Uh... You're part of the Empire. No, he's not a Star Wars character. Kind of yeah. and, and you're not going to get a Star Wars figure of E.T. either, are you? Well, uh, 
I have to say, when you get Star Wars Lego for uh, various Nintendo video games, yeah, the later editions include the Indiana Jones character. You can unlock them. <laughs> what Indiana Jones character? Uh, well, because then they made a Indiana Jones Lego game. Oh, okay. So you can have Indiana Jones running around the Star Wars Lego universe. Like, Ooh, cool. Like, so again, it, it and in the same way that that doesn't mean like, oh, you know, Han Solo. I I feel bad. We're we're not jumping on you guys, Tim and Anthony, for the the idea. You're you're two of like thousands who are pointing out the connections and all, and I I think it really is just a. It's just a nod, you know. It's it's there are a lot of things that you point out that are correct. The guys work in the same building. Yeah, probably draw on the same source material for a lot of things. Probably are good friends. The actors, actresses, are in both shows. Well, they're fans of the show, aren't they? Yeah, and they're probably looking to to grab onto. Hey, Lost is leaving. These people are looking for somewhere to go. It's a built-in, powerful fan base. Let's throw them a nod. Yeah. I want to see an E.T. Star Wars figure now. And instead of getting a little pistol, he'll have a little can of beer where he can get drunk on the beer. And a little cycle as well. Well, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So that's not E.T. That's E.T.'s, like, great, 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 great... It is, yeah. ...grandfather. Because we even see... How many generations of Star Wars do we actually see in Star Wars? We go from, you know, Anakin's mother... Yeah. All the way down to uh, Anakin's daughter, full grown. And if you go in the expanded universe, it goes. Uh, oh, you get the kids and all, and yeah, it covers thousands of years, doesn't it? The exp- expanded universe. Yeah, all right, we're digressing a bit here. We should probably <laughs> probably rein it in. I want to know how old ET's the people in uh, Star Wars were now. I wonder how long ET characters live too. Well, they didn't evolve much, did they? They still had their stumpy little legs. Yeah. And maybe uh, E.T. stuck on Earth was kind of an infant. Rethinking E.T. coming soon to a feed <laughs> near you. All right. So we did get uh, actually a couple thoughts pointing out the Flash Forward connection. And it is going all around the Internet. I think a little less now that ABC has decided this dumb move of taking these long hiatuses for uh, V and Flash Forward kind of mid-season. Mm. but. Nonetheless, it's two votes of coincidence, not connection, from the Rethinking Lost guys. So we, we had another email, uh, theory of sorts, comes to us from Lazy Man. And you always got to worry when the email comes from someone called Lazy. It kind of just implies that there might be <laughs> <laughs> you know, something about it that's not real productive. But it actually makes some good points. I'll read you the, the short version here. Uh, basically, and, and I don't know the author's real name, but it's LazyMan9484. Uh, he says, I know this isn't a theory cast, but he just wants to get it out here. He thinks Faraday knew that he'd be causing the incident. He said he filled the journal with equations and everything he ever learned about the Dharma Initiative. He probably knew that the failsafe device in the Swan Station was Jughead's core. He decided he needed to set the events in motion that caused the incident, and he didn't really care about preventing them. If he wanted to save everybody's lives, why didn't Faraday try to prevent the purge? He knew he needed to get the core to the Swan site so it could be installed as the failsafe mechanism. That's all he cared about doing. Mm-hmm. He thinks, Lazy Man does, that Saeed figured this out when he read Faraday's journal. And if Faraday had instructions of how to disassemble a bomb, you know, he would have also had what he was going to do next 
in the instructions. Okay. So, Lazy Man theorizes that while Sawyer and Jack were fighting, Saeed told everybody this. And that's the reason why Juliet all of a sudden changed her mind about staying to help out. And, okay. You know, like, you know, there's this mysterious thing that one minute nobody wants to help Jack. And next thing you know, they're all there helping Jack. You know, Sawyer's like, all right, let's go. And I was like, no, no, we decided to stay. So Lazy yeah. Man's theorizing that, that this is the reason why they all changed their mind. I think that could have been done a little bit better than what it was, to be honest. I think, when was it, season... I, I can't remember what season it is now, but they're all on different sides of the island, and yet they all need to get onto the, the helicopter to leave the island. Yeah. And it was great writing to have them all scattered all over the island, and you're all going, well, how can they all get onto this helicopter? How can they get from here to here? And it's got to be done within one episode. How does that happen? And it did mm-hmm. happen. It, it worked well. And they tried it again. And it didn't work as well, I, I don't think. You know, I see what you mean. Yeah, they put, put them on the sub. On the sub and, you, they yeah. all have to get back to the location of the incident, and this time it felt forced. Yeah, it did. They were just trying to do it again. It's like uh, Transformers and Transformers 2. The the end of the both the films is exactly the same. They're trying to get from one point to another point by running. Yeah. And they did it well in the first one. The second one, not so. Yeah. Now, do you feel like this is one possible unspoken explanation um, I think it's it's just uh, well, if, a combination of bad acting and poor writing that Juliet just seems to all of a sudden change her mind well with, with this theory he says that the, uh, the Jughead's core is going to be underneath the swan which means that it didn't blow when Juliet hit it but we all know that it did blow because well I've I've heard speculation that it might not have been the true explosion. It might have been some other component. Ah. So it wasn't the actual plutonium blowing up. So would it be the trigger device that blew up? Would it have a trigger device? I haven't really disassembled a plutonium bomb. Yeah, I'm not sure how it is either. And I don't know how valid that theory was. But I do remember reading and hearing early on that perhaps... Something, it wasn't the explosion. Something else might have happened besides the bomb going off. Well, Michael Emerson said that the the bomb detonated because I remember it being retweeted by Jane Jack before it aired in the UK. And I got the ump about it because I was like, whoa, hang on. What bomb? What's going on? Yeah, I do remember that. So, so it's been said, maybe not canon, but you know, it has been said that, oh, yeah, it definitely did blow up. But then that could be them leading us on. A wild goose chase again. Well, I'm inclined to think that it probably is true, but at the same time, a lot of the times the actors don't really seem to know the fate of their own characters. Hmm. So, I, I think even in terms of Juliet dying, she's spoken about dying, the character dying, but kind of left it open that well, maybe, maybe she didn't really die. We'll have to wait and see. With um. Faraday knowing how to dismantle a bomb in his journal, though, that that's possible because he he saw the actual bomb, didn't he, hanging? Mm-hmm. And then he went to... Where was the place where he went to? Where, where he turned up on... Oh, Ann Arbor? Yeah, he went to Ann Arbor, and there he could have studied, you know, that sort of device, I suppose, found out about that sort of device, and then written about it in his journal. Yeah. It, 
that's something it's tough i wish they actually well i wish they had more seasons for lots of reasons but when you look at the fact that they're going to be moving toward an ending yeah. there just isn't going to be much time to go and and show us what was going on and it's not important probably to the overall ending of the story but i wouldn't have considered it a wasted episode or episode arc to have seen faraday in ann arbor and maybe seen some of the things he did and people he saw and i think it would have filled in some holes it would have been interesting interesting storytelling and all and maybe we'll get a little bit of a flash forward or uh, excuse me flashback of sorts that shows us some things that happened but yeah i thought he's an interesting character anyway i liked all this stuff when he was in oxford i thought that was brilliant yeah so there was one other email we wanted to hit and it's from our friend bob in princeton uh, Bob mentions an article on Dark UFO from June 2007, uh, which would be right after the end of Season 6, before Season 4 started. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, reference to Vazic 69's Theory of Everything. Vazic is a pretty prolific poster on Dark UFO. He actually has just created his own website called thingsinoticed.com. And I think he actually wrote a book about Lost as well. So it's a pretty insightful lost analyst. Uh, this article, uh, it, it's pretty big. It has 117 comments. And it's it's been disproven in a couple places. Uh, if we're, we'll just take a few minutes to talk about the key points for our loyal listener, Bob, though. Um, some things that, that Vazic's 2007 theory of everything actually s- missed on uh, were some speculations about Jacob. He says that he thought maybe Jacob was the smoke monster, or more likely Jacob was uh, someone kind of trapped in in this loop of of things happening over and over again. Okay. Uh, we've pretty much since seen that that Jacob is his own person, and and somehow I I think is kind of removed from this temporal looping that might go on. Mm aware of it all but off to the side not affected in that same way yeah, maybe not though maybe it'll turn out to be he'll be one of the recreated characters as, as things go on yeah well one of the ideas in this email is the actual island sits on or in between different dimensions it can uh, slip in between different dimensions and I kind of like that idea yeah, that's offered in here as, as kind of a explanation for the shifting of contents of refrigerators and picture frames and the way that things are often dismissed as uh, staging errors and prop errors and such. But mm. Well, I, I like it from the point where, uh, say, where um, Ben moved the, uh, the donkey wheel mm-hmm. and the island disappeared. It disappeared from that timeline but popped up in another timeline. Or another dimension where things are very similar but not quite the same. Well, that that's a spot where this theory definitely seems to have hit. You know, for the era where it was written, <laughs> the time when it was written, it's it brings up a lot of very uh, current and applicable theories. This mm-hmm. idea of al- alternate universes, multiple outcomes, multiple realities... This idea of a loop where everything has happened before and will happen again. Yeah. There's a suggestion, too, that Ben 
and Locke, with his connection with the island, are aware of, of the whole tapestry, of everything that happens before and after. And one of the reasons why Ben in particular is so awkward and seems so manipulative and evasive about things is because he knows what's what's to come and too much intervention on his part, saying the wrong thing, giving too many clues may change that. Okay. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Hawking says you can't change it, but we, we did see that Desmond was able to kind of defer the inevitable. Yeah. You know, detour thing. Yes, there's moment, temporal momentum, it seems, but you can make some ripples along the way. And Ben, with things he says, and, and even Locke, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to do that. Those are indications that perhaps they're they're aware of a master plan that they're trying not to disrupt. Yeah. Well, thinking about the um, the other dimensions thing as well, um, could that be where the flashbacks and the flash forwards come from as well? Maybe uh, you know the noise that you get as you go into a flashback or a flash forward. Could that be you crossing one of the dimensions to that story in a parallel universe? And run along that storyline, and then you you jump back out, and then next week you're on Kate's, but it jumps, it jumps back into a different universe where things are very slightly different. It could be. I I think personally that it was just a, a storytelling device, and and what was a confusing enough plot already mm-hmm. that was something that actually kind of <laughs> helps the you know you get that whoosh. Okay, we're not in the present anymore. We're in the yeah. past. And it was just a clue to help the viewers. But I, I see what you're saying, that that could be a consequence of shifting back and forth between the different realities. Yeah, I always thought it was... Well, not always thought, but I had an inkling of it being in their mind. Because sometimes they they seem to be daydreaming when they come back from the flashback, don't they? Mm-hmm. And people are like, you know, are you awake? You know, Jack, Jack. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah. And it just seems like... Maybe maybe it could be explained like deja vu. They're having like a, a deja vu effect, and obviously they jump back into the room, and they're there. But that's us sweeping back into their timeline. And also, when uh, when the island disappeared, it had a very similar sound to it when we flash back. Yeah. And when the island disappeared, it shifted off to a different timeline. And, you know, say there's 20 timelines, they're not going to do 20 timelines. They bloody better not, anyway. And well, you can like you said between the, them. Like you said with the deja vu thing, that this 2007 theory of everything kind of alludes to that, that there's so many similarities between the flashbacks, you know, the interconnectedness of them and people who look a lot alike and, you know, why is McCutcheon's whiskey... And every flat, you know, everybody's drinking that same thing wherever you go. Why does the microwave sound just like the Swan Countdown? And yeah, it's an interesting theory. It is long, so it's too long for us to go through in heavy detail. I I don't think it's it because I think we've seen enough things that kind of poke holes in it um, for it to be the true thing. I'll bet there's a revised theory of everything, and I'm sure we'll, if there is, we'll get. Oh, I just had <laughs> an idea. Sorry, yep. just had an idea. Um, Desmond, <laughs> mm-hmm. wonderful guy he is. When he, uh, I can't remember if it's flashing before your eyes or another one like that, but when he he f- has a flashback or sees the future or whatever it is, and he 
he meets uh, Charlie in the street playing yeah. Wonderwall. Now he remembers that, doesn't he? Maybe he's already been through that timeline. He's actually flashed back to that timeline, which he's already been in. I see what you mean. So like he's he's from you would say he's from the future. He's experienced that, but he's caught up with it from a he's they're, they're running parallel but slightly off skew, and so he jumps back onto that timeline and then catches up with himself in his position where he was. Does that make sense? Yes. In the same way that his consciousness went back to the past and he kind of knew things. Yeah. That 2007 Desmond is the 2007 and a half consciousness mm. having already shifted back to there. Oh, I, I love talking about all this stuff. I just find it very hard putting it down. Yeah. God damn my brain. Well, and it's... I know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, there's, the thing is there's no one thing to fit it to. It's not like you can say, oh, it's it's this. Because whatever it, whatever the answers turn out to be, they're going to be novel and unique to to this show. So yeah. it's not going to be exactly like something else. And so there is no template that, that we can point to and say just like that or, mm. or piece it together. And I, I do think that... Uh, it's kind of a little bit of, of all these theories. You know, no one of them has really seemed to hit it just right yet. No, until we're given the final answer at the end of season six. And then we'll go back and watch it all over again. And pick was, it apart and say, that, that can't be right. Yeah. Maybe it was a tease. Well, you know, I mentioned uh, before that this guy Vazik has a website. It, he's on Twitter now. I'm assuming it's a he. But the website is www.thingsinoticed.com. And the plan there is to take some of that same strong analysis that was brought to Dark UFO and go through and, and I guess he calls it a scene of the week. And he goes through the dialogue line by line and, and of certain episodes and talks about how now maybe we should have picked this up or why it was a powerful scene. And Okay. It, it's pretty good stuff. There's... There's a couple things like that. You know, we'll, we'll share some of those in some of our upcoming episodes. Again, we're, we're trying hard to give you... Well, we will definitely give you spoilers-free content here. But that's one of the reasons why we don't want to rush to, to give out links and stuff. We want to make sure we don't accidentally ruin things for somebody. No, that's right. And at the same time, we ask that you do respect our listeners with comments you put up. And, and us too. You know, we're both trying to avoid spoilers. So Yeah, I'm trying so hard not to come across anything that ruins it it kills you when you know all you have to do is go to like one website and you're gonna hit the jackpot and it's so that's one reason why i've been staying yeah. away from dark ufo and, and certain other podcasts and stuff but yeah i don't you know, have self-control i put five years maybe more into watching this thing now <laughs> and yeah okay spoilers halfway through season three at the end of season four okay not too bad but the final season i don't want to know anything yeah. So please, you know, just keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know us. We're looking to offer you that same experience. Yeah, we're looking at you. <laughs> Don't think we're not. So I guess that's a good spot to end this episode. Uh, again, episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, and 15 of the podcast. Just the numbers say a good 70% of you have never heard that episode, those episodes. We invite you to go back, take a look. I think you'll really like that opening episodes because that's really what got us excited about doing this podcast in the first place mm -hmm. was that top 50 list of 
unsolved mysteries and loose ends. And episode 15 was a, a great special appearance by uh, Ross and a look at some other theories from 2006. You, know, you can find them all on our iTunes feed, our direct iTunes feed for Rethinking Lost, or you can go to rethinkinglost.podbean.com and you can listen to them or download them from there. But like Elton said, we're watching you. We know who's listening. We're like, we're like Santa. We know who's been good and who hasn't. And there's 1,342 of you who have not heard episode one yet, but have heard other episodes. So get on it. Yeah, you fools. Get back on there. <laughs> Uh, if you've got any theories or comments or anything that you'd like us to discuss, then send it to uh, rethinkingloss at gmail.com and we'll try and read it out as soon as we can. Or follow us on Twitter. I'm Ultimate Manus. And I'm SHC1970. And that's it. We'll yeah. uh, check in with you guys. We should be back within a week with some more analysis and more things as we get close to the start of season six oh i'm getting excited it's like christmas uh-huh. yay <laughs> all right see you later guys thanks guys bye bye This podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.